spent a lot of time in thought this week. Um, and I knew that I was going to preach. And I didn't know how to talk about what we all know happened. And in talking about Parkland, Florida. And I wanted to pray. And I did. But it was hard for me because I was seeing and hearing that the world didn't want my thoughts and prayers anymore. And that was, that was hard for me to hear. And we can discuss, I, I'll go all day talking about policies and, and different things and we can debate and discuss, but uh, the, the point is, this morning, we are here because I think that we all believe this has something to do with the answer. We all believe that this faith is part of the answer. And I want to pray. And we will pray this morning because we're supposed to mourn with those who mourn. But I don't want to offer lip service anymore. I want to pray like somebody's listening. And we might feel like, well, what do, what do I matter? Like, how do I make a difference in our little corner of the nation and in our state? But we've been talking about prayer and praying God-sized prayers. And I think that each of you this morning has a potential, if you get serious about your prayer, we'll see a difference. And maybe it's just that we love a little bit more. Maybe it's whatever. I don't know what God is going to do in your life, but I want to know that my prayers are going are to change something. And I want to know that this community does something. So will you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Father, with three kids of my own, I think about um, the unbearable pain that so many people are feeling. So we just come before you this morning. um, And we mourn with those who are mourning. And we weep with those who are weeping. And I pray that your peace and your comfort will be with those families today. And I pray for the churches in the area that you use them as the hands and feet of your love. And God, I pray for each person in this room that you begin to use us as instruments in our communities. And Father, we start praying to make a difference. Be with them this morning. And be with this word. Amen. So we've been talking about prayer. And this morning I want to talk about the mission that we have. So if you open up to Matthew 28, starting with verse 16... I was talking about our prayer 
being part of a mission. And so we see that in Matthew, starting with verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go there and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There's a purpose in that. Did you, did you see that? God is giving us a mission this morning. Each one of you. Our lives are supposed to be purpose-driven. We talked about that in that series. And it can be difficult, but that's what God has called us to. Each one of us is significant. We have a purpose and a mission. And that mission is the Great Commission to spread the gospel and make disciples. Not just converts, not just to get them in the door and saying a prayer, but disciples. And I think about my own mission. Because it would be great if we could just stay in here. Right? Because we're going to get into this. Because the Great Commission is, is the one end of a bridge that we're going to be looking at this morning. Between the end of Jesus' ministry and the beginning of the church. In Acts 1 and 2. And God calls them up to the upper room. And I think it would be great if we could just stay there. And if we didn't have to go out there into the world... It'd be so great. We could just hang out with people that we mostly like and, you know, we we don't have to go out into the world on that mission that God has given us. There would be no pain. There would be no suffering. But there'd be no blessing either. There'd be no glory in seeing God work through us. And there would be no victory. So, I mean, it's easy to sit in here. It's easy to to take the easy road. But that's not where, where God is calling us. And that's where our prayers have to go. It is out there. And I get it. It's ugly. But our prayers and our mission has to take us out there. The church was never supposed to stay in the upper room. And I think about my mission and my prayers and where that took me. Because years ago when I was in New York working with a youth ministry, I met a man, young man named Shamik Floyd. Because I was volunteering at a Saturday morning kids outreach And Shamik was a young guy, and there were three of them that I would meet with on Saturday. And they started coming to youth group because it was a little more age appropriate. 
Now there's something you have to know about Shamik is that he was from the, the other side of the tracks. You know, our church was in the suburbs. He lived in the inner city. And I was the silly white kid that was going and meeting with all of them. And we didn't have a lot in common. But as you'll see that the power, which I'll get to in a minute, the, through the Holy Spirit enabled me to have a connection with him. That I was able to reach out to this kid that I had nothing in common with, but God opened up doors. And so the three of them started coming out to youth group. And they were outsiders, and we had our own youth group, right? We had this, already established, perfectly content, but God had a mission. And so three turned into five, turned into ten, and we started bringing a van to where these kids lived. And one van turned into two, and two vans turned into three, and I'll never forget driving up to that housing development in the middle of winter and 40 kids are standing outside waiting for us to bring them to church. Kids that none of us would have met. And they would wait because there were so many of them that we would have to fill the vans, make a trip, and then come back. And they were still waiting for us. And so some of us have those people, some of us have a shamik in our life that it's going to be difficult for us to connect with them. It's going to be difficult for us to reach out to them. It's going to be difficult for us to carry out that mission that God has called us to. But that's got to be the purpose of our prayers. And I want this church in this generation, to push the gospel a little bit further to the ends of the earth. Can we agree on that in these 21 days that we're going to strive towards that? Going a little bit further, reaching those people at our jobs, our neighbors, that it's going to take the Holy Spirit to get us there. And I have to say something because... That kid, Shamik. In 2015, at the age of 21, he was murdered. And I now have seven years on him that I've been here and he hasn't. And I think, seven years, what have I done in that time? And that's a question I think a lot of us are asking ourselves this week. But I'm so thankful that when I went to his funeral, I knew that, that he had received Christ. And so this morning, if you're taking notes, this is the sentence that I want you to understand. This is the essence of the mission that we need to pray. Save one more. Each of you needs to be praying that. Gotta save one more. And then you keep going. And you say, one more. And this, this brought to mind the movie 
Hacksaw Ridge that maybe some of you guys have seen. And it's this story about this non-combatant medic in World War II. And he's on this ridge all alone in the middle of a failed offensive. And he gets these guys one at a time and carries them and lowers them down the ridge to safety. And all the time he's telling himself, I gotta save one more. And he finds somebody and he carries them and he lowers them to safety. And then he goes back and he's like, I just gotta save one more. That needs to be our cry because these people that we pass every day are like those people that he saved on the edge of death, just like we are. And it can be difficult, but that's why God gave us the promise. So there's a purpose to our prayer. There's also a promise to our prayer. And I love that God in scripture, he never gives us a commandment without giving us a way how to, on how to follow it. There's always a means to the mission that he gives us. The promise that we see in Matthew, and behold, I am with you always to the ends of the earth. God is going to be with you wherever you go. As we go to the other gospel of Luke in chapter 24, we see it again in verse 46 through 49. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's getting ready to hand over the the mission to them. And he says, and um, and it says, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and the repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things and behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Right there. I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. And you know, it's interesting because when he talks about it, the Great Commission going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What was Jerusalem? Jerusalem was the city that just crucified their Christ. Not exactly ready to, to roll out the welcome mat for these disciples. And Judea, the the region that surrounded it, and Samaria, the region to the north, that was considered hostile and unworthy to the Jews. So Jesus is telling his disciples, look, I'm sending you to places that you might not like to go. Tough luck. There may be people that we encounter who are not receptive to the message that we have for them. But there's a promise that God will be with us. And in Luke, there's a promise that from the Father that we will be clothed with power from on high. Because this morning, the mission that God has called us to is bigger than ourselves. 
If you think that what you're doing in this life is capable, if you are capable, it's not big enough. It's not what God has called us to. He has a mission for us that's more than we can handle ourselves. And we see that in Acts chapter 1 verse, verse 8. That God talks about this power that he's going to give us. Acts 1.8 But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So when we pray, know that God has promised that he will strengthen you. That he will give you boldness. That he'll open up doors for things that you never thought you could accomplish. But part of that promise means that we have to wait for it. And that's tough. Because we want to just go. Right? We think as long as we're doing something, that's going to be enough regardless of whether it's God's will or not. And so we have to wait. And I'm thinking for us as a church, as a merged church, we might want to like be gung-ho and start you know, participating in all these great programs. But we have to wait. And sometimes we get caught up in so many things that we don't wait for God. We think that we do enough, it'll be good enough. But action without preparation must often fail. Do you understand that? Action without preparation must often fail. And so as you go on this mission, wait for God to show you where to go and what to do. Wait for that boldness. Trust that his promise is there for you. Waiting on God is not wasted time. There's a poem that I want to read that I think kind of crystallizes this feeling. I wrestle, how I wrestle, through the hours. Nay, not with principalities and powers, dark spiritual foes of gods and mans, but with antagonistic pots and pans with footmarks on the hall, with smears upon the wall, with doubtful ears and small unwashing hands, and with babies' innumerable, innumerable demands. With leisured feet and idle hands I sat, I, foolish, fussy, blind as a bat, sat down to listen and to learn, and lo, my thousand tasks were done the better so. And we think if we can just go and just do it, that'll be enough. But action does not necessarily equal effectiveness. And if you just think you're being busy and, and that's enough, it's not. Because I think of um, Billy Graham. He said the keys to the success of his crusades were prayer, 
prayer and prayer. And I think he was mildly successful if I remember his ministry correctly. But there's a promise that we have to wait. Because it says that the power of Acts 1.8 in the Holy Spirit depends on the waiting of Acts 1.4. And I'll read that here. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart, to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said. And that can be hard, but we have to trust in his promise. Because when we do, we see the power of our prayers. There's a purpose, right? There's a promise. And when we pray, there's a power. And we see that in the early church because in Acts 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty Russian wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Maybe that's not what the Spirit looks like for you. Maybe the Holy Spirit means an opportunity for a conversation that you take advantage of. Maybe the Holy Spirit means boldness to ask your colleague if you can pray for them. Maybe the Holy Spirit means whatever. I, I don't know. But unless you're praying, you're not going to have it. And you're not going to see it. And so if you believe in this mission that God has given you and that you're praying for, you'll see his power. You'll see his power. And I think we all have our mission. And we need that power. Because again, in Acts 4, 23 to 31, the disciples were preaching and they had been arrested. And so when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the, everything in them, and in verse 31, and then when they prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and you continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that. I want to come in here every week with a testimony of God showing up and doing something beyond what I'm capable of. Maybe it's an extra measure of generosity. Maybe it's grace and mercy for someone around you. 
Whatever it is, will you pray for that this morning? Because we all have our mission, and I think there's something inside of us that wants that, that wants to be part of something that's bigger than themselves. And so I'll, ge- I'll nerd out for a minute, but, you know, like we all want to bring the one ring to Mordor, right? Or we all want to be a Marvel superhero, and that's why we, we go to these things and we watch these movies, because we want to be the superhero and we want that adventure. And maybe it's something different for you, but we all want that. And we look at those characters and we try and live through them. I think the church should be an adventure. I think it should be the most adventurous place where everybody inside lives like they are on the most important mission in the world. To save the world. And you can have that. You don't have to go and see a movie to have that. And if you think, well, me? Me? Yes. You. Not by your strength or who you are, but by who God is. And whenever I talk about prayer, there's something that um, I found a while ago. Because when we think about this mission that God has called us to, it can be kind of scary and, and we think, well, that's, you know, that's not me. I'm not, that, I'm not that person. But it doesn't have to be something special. There's not some formula. There's no right way to do it. It's who you are. And this morning, I want to close with a prayer that I found from a soldier during World War II. It goes like this. Look, God, I've never spoken to you, but now I want to say, how do you do? You see, God, they told me you didn't exist, and like a fool, I believed all of this. Last night from a shell hole, I saw your sky. I figured right then they had told me a lie. Had I taken the time to see the things you'd made, I'd known they weren't calling a spade a spade. I wonder, God, if you'd shake my hand Somehow I feel that you would understand. Funny, I had to come to this hellish place before I had the time to see your face. Well, I guess there isn't much more to say, but I'm sure glad, God, that I met you today. I guess the zero hour will be here soon, but I'm not afraid since I know you're near. The signal, well, God, I'll, I'll have to go. I like you lots, this I want you to know. Look now, this will be a horrible fight. Who knows, I may come to your house tonight. Though I wasn't friendly to you before, I wonder, God, if you'd wait at your door. Look, I'm crying, me, shedding tears. I'd wish I'd known you these many years. Well, I have to go now, God. Goodbye, strange, since I met you, I'm not afraid to die. That's just a person. It's not flashy theological words. It's just him, who he is, in a difficult situation. 
and he saw God. And that's my prayer for you this morning. That you encounter God in this way, in your way. Not as a church, not as somebody that you wish you could pray like, but who you are. And that you find your mission and tap into the power that God has for you when you pray. We you bow your heads? Lord, you've called us to a mission. And I thank you that our lives have purpose. I thank you that we're not just here to twiddle our thumbs, but that you want to send us out. And so this morning I pray for our purpose. I pray that we wait for your power. And we trust in your promise that that power will come and will give us the strength, the boldness, whatever it is that we need to carry out your mission. Father, I pray that you be with these people today. Be with Pastor Travis as he takes this week to rest and be restored. In your name we pray. Amen.